the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. This is Edwin from the Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This is episode 215 for the week beginning Monday the 3rd of June 2013. It is of course uh, Queen's birthday today in uh, in New Zealand. I'm not sure which other countries have Queen's birthday on this day, but uh, it's a it's a public holiday today, so make the most of it. I think I might get out and about today myself. Anyway, looking ahead at some of the stories we've got, uh, some drones being trialled at the German railways. Some plants that have been frozen for centuries are now being revived. Kind of almost, well, I was going to say almost like Jurassic Park, but really it's it's nothing like the technique at all. Uh, and also, Microsoft caves into Google. Find out more in just a second. Kicking off with Deutsche Bahn. That's uh, Germany's national railway company. They plan to test some small drones to seek out those who graffiti. Yeah, taggers. So it's not going to taser them or anything like that or, or net them. But what it will do is it's got an infrared camera that will collect evidence. Uh, it's good enough, by the way, this camera, to, to identify people. And uh, the, the whole idea is that it will be used as a tool to identify graffiti artists to then be used as evidence in prosecutions. The drones themselves fly, uh, you can't hear them, uh, at a a height of 150 metres above the ground. They are inaudible from the ground when they fly at that height. But they are not cheap. They cost, each of them (laughs) costs 60,000 euros. You know, really, don't you think that you could build one for even at least a fifth of that cost? I mean, 60,000 euros is a lot of money. I just can't understand why they cost so much. Surely, you know, I think, we, I mean, we've got our own backyard tinkerer here uh, in New Zealand, Bruce Simpson, who's built the uh, the proof-of-concept low-cost cruise missile with parts that are readily available and uh, less than $5,000. You would, that's 5000 New Zealand dollars, by the way, which is about, uh, what's that, about 3000 euro. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. So you would think if you could build a low-cost cruise missile with readily available parts for 3000 euros, that you could build just a simple drone copter with infrared cameras for about the same, or even, say, twice the amount. But €60,000, that's a lot of money. But, you know, it's worth it, because graffiti is reported to cost Deutsche Bahn around €7.5 million Euros a year already. Now, the challenge with this is not a technical challenge, but more of a political one, or a, a legal one, perhaps, is a better term. In Germany, they've got very, very strict surveillance laws. So strict that, in fact... To get this off the ground, oh, excuse the pun there, by the way, but to get these drones off the ground, they need to make sure they, they've put in uh, systems, if you like, systems in place, so that the camera is only ever filming 
Deutsche Bahn property. So as it flies up in the air, it's only allowed to film land or property owned by Deutsche Bahn. Yeah, so that it complies with the strict surveillance laws in Germany. I think that's a great use of drones. This kind of use of drones is brilliant. And you know what? It reminds me of a video clip which I may have seen on break.com or failblog.org, one of those two sites. Uh, And it's someone's installed. I don't know if it's fake or not, to be honest, because there's so many faked videos out there. It's really hard to, to know what to believe. But here's how it's portrayed. Someone's installed a sensor in an outdoor area beside a wall where for some reason... Uh, men choose to urinate against and as soon as it detects someone urinating against the wall the sensor trips a switch and floods the person with a shower there's a (laughs) shower head pointed down at them and they get drenched yeah i don't again look i don't know if that was a fake video or a real one if it's real that's brilliant and i don't know why but this german railway use of drones kind of reminded me of that but as i said the only thing it does is it videotapes it videotapes gosh it's an old word now you don't say tapes anymore in fact (laughs) i don't think youngsters these days even know what what a tape is Either a, you know an audio cassette tape or a VHS tape. Uh, I got yeah, you got to move away from that word tape. But anyway, it, yeah, it, it video records the the offenders, uh, and that's all it does. It doesn't you know it doesn't shower them, it doesn't net them, it doesn't taser them. That's a great use of drones, and that's happening in Germany. Are they going to test it first? By the way, okay, this is just under testing at the moment. But if it's successful, uh, obviously they, you know, they will go ahead and implement it throughout the railway network. Now, plants that were frozen during the Little Ice Age centuries ago, in the 16 and 1700s, they're actually being revived in laboratories. Now, these plants have been found under glaciers. Now, as we know, because of global warming, the glaciers are retreating. There's very, very clear evidence of that, obviously. And as they retreat, they uncover organisms that had lay dormant, you know, that had lay frozen underneath for centuries. And so these plants, these particular ones are known as bryophytes, and they've flourished under lab conditions. They've managed to, scientists have managed to, to get them growing again. And interestingly, these plants are entirely new to science. We had no idea of these things until recently. Now, these particular plants were collected from the teardrop glacier up in the Canadian Arctic. And by the way, I was astonished at the rate at which these glaciers have been receding. Three to four metres a year. That's like a lot. <laughs> I was going to do a quick calculation. Uh, that is like uh, 30 centimetres a month. That's about a centimetre a day. Yeah, that's a centimetre a day. Wow. That's crazy. Anyway, that's another podcast. Anyway, that's that's your climate change podca- podcast, which uh, we're not going to do. But what we are going to talk about is the this uh, science and technology angle of this, which is the reviving of these plants. Of course, these are under strict lab conditions. I, d- I don't think they know whether any of these have been, well, these are new to science, so, so they don't know. But the question is whether these exist elsewhere currently in today's society, or are these the only ones that exist, these ones that have been sort of frozen in time in limbo? It's amazing what you can do with science these days. Anyway, hopefully we'll learn some uh, some things from these plants. Now, Microsoft has caved into Google. It's finally pulled its YouTube app from the 
Winphone Store. What a stupid name, Microsoft. Anyway, the Winphone Store. Is that the name for it? Is that the official name for it? I'm going to Google that. Winphone Store. If that is the real name, I'm yeah, it is, I think. Oh, well, it's called the Windows Phone Store. There you go. The Windows Phone Store, or Winphone Store for short. Yeah, I don't know why they don't just follow the pack and call it the App Store, but then I guess it's a no-win situation because if they did, the Apple fans would be crying out that they've copied Apple, so they just can't win. Anyway, Microsoft have finally pulled this YouTube app from from their, their store, their App Store, because it didn't meet Google's requirements for the app. And this has been going for a little while. Um, Google had told Microsoft before about this, and Microsoft eventually came out with a, a revamped version. They said, ah, here we go. This this one should go. Uh, it turns out that one also wasn't compliant with YouTube's API terms of service. So in the end, they've pulled this one, uh, uh, this latest one, and Google is working with Microsoft to produce a new uh, a yet another YouTube app that is compliant and that meets the you know the terms and conditions. I don't know what Google could do. I, well, they could actually stop, and this is they actually did this, didn't they? They stopped Microsoft from accessing the API. But uh, you know, I, I I guess they don't. They can't stop Microsoft from selling the app in the store, even if the app doesn't work uh, as intended, because you know Google may have blocked it. But it looks like Microsoft have you know agreed to pull pull the app, and that's. What well, they've done, so look out for a new YouTube app uh, in the Microsoft Phone Win Store thingy, whatever it's called. The App Store that's not the App Store. Anyway, that's that. Uh, what else is there? What else happened this week? Uh, well, on the week just been, I should say. Ah, yes. Well, Warner Brothers and NBC Universal have approached Google. They've asked them to remove Mega. This is the mega.co.nz that Kim.com founded from Google search results. And both studios claim copyrighted content is being stored on Mega. Interestingly, NBC Universal's takedown uh, notice also states that Mega's homepage links to copyrighted content. But interestingly, a check with the Mega homepage shows none of the sort. There's nothing on the homepage of Mega. Now, according to Mega, Google has not been in touch. And uh, when we last checked, uh, Google search is still showing up mega and uh, mega pages in its uh, search results. So who knows what's happened. Now, this could be a case of, you know, because a lot of the takedown notices are automated now. So it could be a case of a false positive. And there are, unfortunately, now that, you know, I can see both sides to this. You know, if takedown notices had to be d- done manually, the sheer volume of piracy out there is such that you, you wouldn't be able to meet that and it would be hideously expensive, you know. So, you know, if you have laws, if you have copyright laws, then, you know, it needs to offer the protection to the copyright holders that it, the law is intended to have. And so manual detection just isn't feasible. So they implement these automated detection systems. Now, unfortunately, of course, the flip side of that is that you get some false positives and you get, uh, you know, invalid. I mean, we've. I think we've reported on this very podcast that legitimate content has been removed blindly, uh, simply by a you know an automate the result of an automated takedown notice. And I think it may have been Google uh, as in YouTube. And I think that they took down the content. And it's like, well, actually, that was not copyrighted at all. Well, it was copyright to the the person who posted it owned the copyright for it. And uh, that's the the flip side to it. So. 
there's this mega copyright claim a result of a false positive because of automated uh, takedown notices? Not sure. Who knows? But as I say, a quick check shows that Google's done nothing, and according to Mega, Google have not been in touch. Now, I've got one last story for you folks this week, and oh yeah, this is a good one actually. This really, I shouldn't say amazes me, but it is inspiring. That's, I guess that's the word. It's inspiring to see Samsung have really come out now on top of Apple. For a long time, Apple reigned uh, as the uh, the smartphone champion. It had the, the best smartphone. It had the most sought-after smartphone. I guess the area where it still wins is that iPhone users are the most satisfied smartphone owners according to surveys, so they still win in that area. But in terms of the technology, it has been a long time that Apple's held number one position. But bit by bit, in different areas, one by one, the Samsung have taken over. And specifically in this case, over the cameras that come with the phone, or you know, that come built into the phones. The best camera, well actually the best camera is neither a Samsung nor an Apple. Uh, the best camera on a, on a smartphone is that that comes in the Nokia 808 PureView. And according to DxO Mark, it, uh, it reaches a score of 77. But number two is the, the, the camera on the Samsung Galaxy S4. The Samsung Galaxy S4. It scores really, really well with exposure and contrast, with color and the flash, and, and also the autofocus, I should say. And in terms of, that's for still photos, for, uh, for, for video, it scores really well with exposure and contrast and color. The autofocus for, for the video is pretty poor, apparently. But anyway, it came in second with a score of 75. Third is the camera on the Apple iPhone, and it scored 72. So, I mean, these are all fairly close, right? 77, 75, 72. They're not too far away. But nevertheless, it's still a win for Samsung over Apple's uh, Apple's camera. And incidentally, the uh, the Apple iPhone 5 camera scored really well with exposure and contrast. That's for still, for video, color scored the most, followed by artifacts and exposure and contrast. Autofocus was also very poor on that. But anyway, the Nokia 808 PureView in number one position. This is for cameras, okay, remember. The camera on the uh, Samsung Galaxy S4 in number two position. The Apple iPhone 5 camera in number three position. And if you're wondering, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the top ten. Number four goes to uh, the Samsung Galaxy Note 2. Number five, Samsung Galaxy S3. There you go. Look, Samsung takes out three of the top five positions. Number six is Apple iPhone 4S. Number seven, BlackBerry Z10. What's a BlackBerry, you might ask? Uh, number, <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit cheeky, wasn't it? Number eight, HTC 8X. Number nine, the Nokia Lumia 920. And number 10 position is the Sony Xperia Z. Oh, I tell you what, I'll give you number 11 as well because number 11 is the Apple iPad, the, the new iPad. Not the iPad 2, not the iPad, but the new iPad, which is really the iPad 3 that they just want to call the new iPad. Goodness knows why. There you have it. Another win for Samsung. Uh, You know, I mean, okay, Nokia takes a top spot on that one, but still, uh, the Samsung versus Apple uh, fight, well, there's another notch for uh, for Samsung. So Apple really, really should do something about this game-changing position because they really are being pushed out by Samsung. So come on, Apple. Uh, look, I don't know what they're working on over at Apple. Maybe they're working on this TV. And all their energy is being put into this TV. 
and maybe the phones are kind of slipping because they're so busy on this TV. And when they look back to the phones, it's like, whoa, where did Samsung come from? They're now way ahead of us. And they've been making this TV all along. And that's where all the energy went. Maybe. Who knows? Or the iWatch. Or, or what, you know the, the Apple smartwatch that's rumoured to come out. Anyway, WWDC is, in fact, actually, isn't that just around the corner? Yeah, June the 10th. There you go. June the 10th in San Francisco. That's WWDC that's coming up. Uh, don't know if anything will be announced, uh, anything big will be announced there, but I guess we'll find out in due course. Anyway, that's it. That is The Boys of Tech. Well, that was episode 215. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, if you'd like to send us any feedback or comment on our stories, you can do that on our website, boysoftech.com. And next week, we hope to be joined on the panel by someone who uh, I think was last on the show as a guest uh, quite a number of episodes ago. And uh, hopefully he'll be joining us next week as a member of the panel. Find out who next week. Until then, take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye.